Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 35 of 30 Minute Thrive. I'm excited to talk about a topic that's called upon quite frequently on our HR hotline here at MRA, and that is job postings. So I'm here with Nicole Morehouse. She's our um, hotline manager at MRA, and Nicole, you'll be, you'll be answering a lot of the questions that you hear from our members on it day-to-day basis. So excited to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Selfie. Nice to be here again. Absolutely. Well, let's start out why we're talking about job postings, because we usually hear about this more from a recruiter side, and usually people think of recruiters when you talk about job postings. But how do they necessarily fit under the hotline category, which is more of a compliance and regulation based topic. Right. So you brought me here. No fun, Nicole. <laughs> compliance perspective. Yeah. So, all right. Um, sounds good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do get some questions on the hotline about job postings. Um, a lot of times that stems from, you know, certain state requirements or local requirements. Um, so most commonly this question is, you know, compliance guidance when it comes to pay transparency most, mm-hmm. re- most recently. Gotcha. Well, like you just said, a big question revolves around pay transparency. So do you or should you or can you post salary information in job postings? Yeah, so back 2021, Colorado was first to hit the scene with, hey, employers, um, you know, you have to post, if you're going to put a job posting out and you want to hire someone in Colorado, then you have to have the pay range. So since then, several cities and states have joined in on that. Um, so if you are posting a job where the candidate might be working in any of those locations, there's a good chance you either have to put the pay range or that you would have to have some sort of disclosure about the pay range at some point in the recruitment process. And yeah, I feel like that's been a topic that's kind of changed recently because I feel like years ago you didn't see even pay ranges and job postings and now it's like pretty transparent for sure yeah for sure if you're a larger organization you're probably doing that right you know because you're um open to hybrid work arrangements you're open to remote work arrangements um those sorts of things so if you're a multi-state employer there's a good chance you're already used to putting some pay range information in there already if you're not get ready for it because there's pending legislation too so these 17 different locations that have that that's growing i think it will be a big Mm -hmm. um, thing to be on the lookout for in 2023 it's a good heads up so what other rules and regulations do employers really need to keep in mind when crafting a job posting yeah, so I think I mentioned earlier, right, if you're a federal contractor, you're equal employment opportunity. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you have to put some language about, you know, um, veterans or, you know, um, certainly disabilities um, and those sorts yeah. of things. So the Americans with Disabilities Act is something to think about when you do a job hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, other things that you might want to keep an eye out for is any language that really creates a barrier between a candidate and you as the employer. Uh, because using certain language could unintentionally create some sort of discriminatory hiring practice. I don't think employers go in with the intention that they're trying to discriminate against anybody, but including certain words can unintentionally 
give the reader um, a perspective about what the employer is looking for. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Let's kind of break down what you said a little bit. You mentioned inadvertent discrimination. So let's kind of talk more about that and what, what that means. So can you kind of give an example of what it is or a definition of what inadvertent discrimination means when we're talking about job postings? Sure, yeah. I mean, it could be a very subtle thing, just a very subtle word choice, um, using the word stronger or using the word firm, um, you know, and those sorts of like yeah. um, words that may be unintentionally, I think it linked in maybe in 2019, did some sort of survey and um, that could draw male applicants yeah. and you unintentionally, is your entire candidate full male, maybe because of the words that you used and the and the job posting and you don't really know that it's going to have that sort of impact until right. the aftermath of doing right. that. Um, but conversely, you could use the words like soft or compassionate. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, is your candidate pool female? Maybe. Yeah. That's Maybe crazy. Why? I think about, yeah. Like, I wouldn't think about using those words or that that would cause discrimination, but I see where you're coming from. Right. The bigger ones are probably going to be more like um, recent college graduates or green or you know entry level sometimes can imply that you're looking for a younger worker. So the Equal Opportunity Commission specifically points out like, hey, employers don't use recent college graduate. Yeah. And there is some recent case law, right? You know that um, candidates are saying that they were discriminated against because of their age. Wow, being older. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. Well, we we're kind of talking before the podcast, but. They always recommend putting some like pizzazz or sizzle <laughs> into your job description. So what are some suggestions so that the post doesn't lead to that inadvertent discrimination with that pizzazz? Sure. Yeah, I've been on that end of things, right? I've um, been the recruiter putting a job posting out there mm-hmm. and, um, you know, kind of, you know, trying to take the job description and then put it in um, kind of marketing language, yes. right? Like trying to appeal to people and get people to read it and mm-hmm. to then apply and sell your company. I would just be very careful with word choice. It has become a highly litigious sort of um, environment when it comes to these job postings and discrimination. Um, And again, it's probably inadvertent, but be very, very careful about your um, word choice. Like I said before, you know, like saying things that are going to specifically appeal to a young person Mm -hmm. or to, uh, you know, a person in of any specific group, male, female, any um, individual group, you want it to be a posting that will appeal to most everyone. And I know that's challenging Mm -hmm. because um, it's in the eyes of the reader, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so how are are you, you know, how you have to look at it from their lens Mm -hmm. if you're a candidate. Yeah, that kind of just like reminds me of putting emojis in like a job posting, like does that create some sort of inadvertent discrimination because usually younger folks use those emojis. I don't know. <laughs> that gets a little complicated. For sure, because I think that there's, you know, some, you know, um, literature out there that discourages yeah. emojis and professional mm-hmm. business writing, right? You know, yeah. emails or mm-hmm. letters and those sorts of things because emojis have a, a picture, right? Yes. And so that picture True. can be interpreted by one age group different than an another age group so i have a you know 20 something year old son one if i share an emoji with him it might mean a completely different thing than i think it that's so true yeah so the thing with job posting yes Mm -hmm. oh that's good well do you have any advice for employers on staying up to date with all these 
rules on job postings and regulations. Right. Um, so if you're not fortunate to have uh, an employment attorney at your disposal 24-7, um, you do want to rely on knowledgeable resources. I think the HR advisor hotline mm -hmm. um, certainly is a really, really good option. Um, we really um, are going to be very quick to find because the, the, there's local law. It's not just right. states. It's it's cities within states. So New York, you know, there's like three cities within the state of New York that has a, um, some sort of pay transparency law. So we're going to be very quick to be able to find, you know, the location, um, you know, the you're posting a job. Like, where are you posting it? Are you intending on attracting remote workers? And, you know, so there's a lot of factors to consider um, before you finalize whether or not you include the pay information, for example. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I'm curious to know some of the common mistakes that employers also make when creating these job postings, and that may put them at risk for the non-compliance. So how can employers really avoid um, creating a job posting that doesn't comply with compliance? <laughs> that could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great question. I don't know that I really could sum that up um, very easily, but I, you know, I, anything that you run into in the employment arena can also apply to job hosting. So the things things that you think about for your current employees, mm -hmm. you also want to think about in your job hosting. So a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, fair chance at, mm -hmm. at employment, you know, and fair chance at a competitive pay rate. Um, and those are things that employers are thinking about for their current employees. So just spin it from the perspective of a candidate. Yeah. Um, but then there's, you know, um, things that maybe employers have been putting in job postings previously that they didn't really realize um, were prohibited, um, like the Department of Justice, for example, in 2022 went after several companies for um, putting language about immigration status in the job posting and the assessed civil penalties that, you know, got close to a million dollars, Yeah, you know, and so it's, it's the things that you traditionally think about and in the employment sense, um, just apply that to your candidates. Mm -hmm. You gave some examples of this um, prior, but do you have any specific keywords that you want to mention to absolutely avoid in job postings? <laughs> Not absolutely, but you might want to consider avoiding words. Um, hmm. Where do I start? I mean, I think I'm just going to go back to the previous example about the easiest one is, you know, a younger worker. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you don't want to say anything about like that you want like young, recent college graduate, yeah. green, those all imply that if you were mm -hmm. not um, of a certain age, a young age, um, that you're not gonna be qualified for the position. Um, certainly job descriptions have to describe the duties and the requirements in a, in a way that's defendable, right? You know, so even college, um, degrees. Mm -hmm. Why is it required for the position? And you could be unintentionally discriminating against a group of individuals that largely don't have college degrees. So make sure if you put a college degree in there that you have a defendable reason why that's a selective criteria. Yeah. Um, so it would be really hard to just throw out a couple of things other than that. Yeah, you have an easy example, but you know those are some other right. You know, kind of examples. Like oh, those are good examples to keep in mind. 
So as we wrap up here, just want to emphasize um, resources that employers have um, available to them on job posting compliance. So if you want to reiterate where they can find that resource. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to call a hotline advisor, I don't know why you wouldn't want to, but if you don't want to call a hotline advisor, um, then you certainly, you know, going straight to the location, um, uh, like .gov website, right? You know, so if you're hiring um, in San Francisco, go check out San Francisco's employment laws, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure you're very knowledgeable. Our members also have access to some online tools that are uh, more robust or comprehensive. Um, and so, yeah, so that's something that if you don't know how to use those tools and you are a member, you can call the hotline and we'll walk you through and then you can use them forevermore. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there are some tools at your disposal, but you know, hotline, the tools yeah. that you have through your membership, mm -hmm. uh, and then make sure you actually go wherever you're recruiting. Um, so if you have a job hosting that apply, you're going to, you're open to remote work anywhere. Right. That's pretty overwhelming because that means that you have to check every city and every state mm -hmm. to make sure you're in compliance. So that's what I think if you don't have an attorney that's driving um, decisions for you, you know, co contacting hotline, you yep. know, using the res resources that you have through your membership is probably um, the best deal around. Yep. I would second that. I'm calling the hotline. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for being on 30 Minute Drive today and sharing all of that advice and good knowledge to our members and listeners today. So to our listeners, if you like this chat and this topic, I would just encourage you to like the episode, leave a comment, share it out with your friends and your coworkers, and consider joining Emory if you aren't a member already. Um, like Nicole said, we have all the resources you need and we have resources in the show notes below. So take a look at those. Um, otherwise, we have Nicole's bio and her LinkedIn profile in the show notes, so you can get in touch with her easily there. Um, but thank you for tuning in today, and thanks again, Nicole, and we will see you next week. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.